I may have come in here one way, but I'm leaving healed. I'm leaving whole. Amen. Say that with me. Just say, I may have come in here one way, but I'm leaving healed. I may have come in here one way, but I'm leaving healed. Amen. And I'm taking healing with me. Amen. Amen. Sickness has no place in me. You know, from the beginning of this series, we've started to attack a lot of the thinking that keeps people in their infirmity or keeps people in their sickness. We talked about how people don't know if healing is the will of God or not. Um, I had a lady recently, oh boy, she argued me down. I thought she was about to cuss me because I told her God wanted to heal her. Oh, she was mad. And she was just upset. And it's just a spirit of religion, you know. It's something that's gotten grain. She'd rather be sick and right in her own mind than wrong and have to repent and say, I'm the one who missed it. And, it, and when you start crossing that line, if somebody's in pride and not in humility, they'll get upset with you. And, and I wasn't even talking about healing. I just mentioned something during a message. And it wasn't here, but it was somewhere else. But... Uh, I just mentioned something during the message and, ooh, she took offense, right? Well, we don't want to be that. We want to humble ourselves, be willing. We'll throw away what we think and let's go back to the full counsel of the word and see it. Now, listen to what I just said, the full counsel of the word. And so what we start doing from the beginning of this is showing uh, that the Lord wants to heal. And one of the biggest points was the very first day that we started talking about this. You know, a lot of people will say, Father, if it's your will. Right? Father, if it's your will. And they get that from two different scriptures. If you didn't see the whole series on healing, uh, I would go back. And it's important you look at these notes. It says, even if you're walking in divine health, we're not supposed to be just healed ourselves. We're, we're blessed to be a blessing. We're supposed to study to show ourselves approved. We're supposed to be carriers of the healing of God. What if Jesus just walked in divine health himself, but he didn't overflow in it to where he got other people healed? Would he have the same testimony? No. And we're supposed to do these works in greater. So in other words, remember it says that Jesus continued to increase in wisdom and stature or maturity and favor with God and man. In other words, he didn't stop. It remember, remember that it says as a boy, he learned obedience, right? In other words, it's showing that he didn't have it all. He had to operate as a human. But as a human, he got into the things of God. Well, we have the same responsibility to not just say, amen, I believe in healing, but to grow in that ability because we're not supposed to just be healed. We're supposed to carry it with us. Right. Right? We're supposed to be a carrier of it. We're supposed to grow in that. So whether or not you agree with me about healing or not, if healing is a part of God, then my job as a believer, not just a pastor, but as a believer, is to grow in the ability to pass out the healing of Jesus to people. That's our job. That's why he says in Mark uh, 16, he said, These signs will follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He didn't say these signs will follow the pastors. He didn't say these signs will, will follow the spiritual elite. He said believers. Yeah. That means I don't care how old you are. If you are how old right now? 11. If you are 11 and you are a believer in Christ, you can lay hands on the sick and they recover. Yeah. That, it's funny how the Holy Spirit does things. But I was going to tell you a story this morning about exactly that. And so I'll tell you that in just a second. But we're not supposed to just sit and agree with things. But we're supposed to agree with the things of God and grow in them. And grow in them, right? Not just leave them there, but grow in them. So we have the, res the responsibility to grow. I was talking about Natalie earlier. I pointed over here because even though she's not here, she generally sits somewhere over here. But um, anyway, I was talking about her earlier the other day. She's not a pastor. But yet, she went to her work. The doctor was having trouble getting this lady healed. She said, I'll pray for you. She prays for her. A week or so later, the lady's healed. 
Doctors couldn't do it, but Jesus, King Jesus, who loves her, can and will. Now, had Natalie not grown in that, would that lady be healed? No. Would that lady have received the love of God like she received? No. So one of the very first things that we talked about was the will of God. Is it God's will to heal? And so many people will pray, well, Lord, if it be thy will, then heal me. And so what happens is faith begins where the will of God is known. What's the victory that overcomes the world? Even our faith. Even our faith, right? This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, right? So sickness is a part of the world, the corrupted world. So what's going to overcome it? Faith. But how can you have faith if you don't know that it's God's will to heal you? In other words, you're not going to have faith if you don't know that God wants you well. And so what people will do is, Lord, well, if it's your will to heal... And then all of a sudden, what they don't have is they don't have any faith. If they're praying that prayer, there's no faith for healing. Well, I believe he's a healer, but they don't believe that it's now. They don't believe it's for them because they bought the demonic doctrine that God may or may not heal them. Incorrect. He took stripes. It's over. He said by his stripes you were healed. It's over. He's already declared it. He said his name is Jehovah Rapha. That means the Lord that is your healer. But it it actually means the Lord who is continuously healing you. That's what it means. And so when a demonic doctrine teaches you that maybe God will heal, maybe he won't, that's where we've got to say, wait a minute, what does the word say? Not experience, not what some other pastor has said. What does the word say? That's it. But people will go, it's one of the most important points, I think. People will go uh, into the Garden of Gethsemane and use that verse where Jesus said, Lord, if it be thy will... You know, let this cup part from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. They'll take that verse and then they'll pray about healing like Jesus prayed about whether or not he could needed to go to the cross that way. Then they'll also take another verse that says, uh, it, it talks about you don't know what will happen between now and next year. So don't say next year I'll do this and next year I'll do this. You pray, uh, Lord, if it be thy will, then I'll do this. You know, by his grace, I'll do this. Well, the problem is what they've done is they've taken those two scriptures out of context because those two different prayers are praying about something that the Lord has not announced his will in. Jesus did not know if there was another way. People think that Jesus knew everything, but you've got to remember he had to operate as a man. He didn't know everything. He did not. He drew on the Holy Ghost the same way that you drew, you draw on the Holy Ghost, which should really excite you because it shows you that the way he operated, you can operate. You can do that. But he had to say, Lord, I don't know if there's another way to get this done. But if there is, I sure would like to do that than go to that cross. That's what he was praying. But he didn't know. Why? Because it was a specific that wasn't laid out in Scripture in that way. He said, I don't know if there's a different way. If there is, let this cup pass from me. But then he said, nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours. And then in the other one, he's saying that, look, there's not a a first book of you, right? You know, first Nicole that tells you every decision you make. There's not a a book of Brian in here that tells me every decision that I will make today. Like, for instance, what am I going to eat for lunch today? I don't know. It's not written in here. I've got to hear from the Holy Ghost. What are you going to eat today? I don't know. It's not written in here, those specifics. And what he was saying in the other scripture is when you don't know specifics, don't just be so quick to throw something out there. I'll do this next year. I'll, I'm, I'm going to eat here after. No, you don't know. Right. By his will, Lord, if it's your will, I'll do this. Yeah. That's what he's saying. So those two prayers and those two scriptures were specifically talking about areas where the will of God is not known yet. Either it's not written about 
or I haven't heard by the Holy Ghost, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, what to do. But if I've seen that it's written, or I've heard and been led by the Holy Ghost to do something, I don't, now that's when the rhema comes in, the word of God that we live and have life full and overflowing by, because then I've heard the revelation of what the will of God is, and then I pray that way. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So people have used those two scriptures as, a, as really a way to step outside of faith. And what they do, because faith is the victory that overcomes the world, they actually step outside of their overcoming. They step outside of healing. Because somebody has said, that, well, we don't know if God heals or not. But what they do is they base that on experience. They'll get up. They'll not realize that they're not in faith. They'll pray what they think is a prayer of faith. Then God doesn't do it and say, well, we prayed. It must not have been God's will to do it. Well, now you're learning doctrine by experience, not by the word. When he says, I am the Lord who is healing you by his stripes, not you're going to be healed, you were healed. It's already done. You are in Christ who is your healing. I'm already there. I'm already healed. You're already blessed. If you're in the family of God, you are already blessed with every spiritual blessing. Every one of them. And healing is one of them. This will has already been released. And so all of a sudden, this is a huge point because I don't have to guess whether God's will is to heal. I know, and at that knowing, now faith begins inside of me and I start believing God for that and I start going after that. But when we pray, Lord, if it's your will, instantly we cancel what we know and we cancel faith. Yeah. It is a killer of healing when we pray that way. And, and think about this. The Lord said this to me. I'm going to have to get on with this. Uh, the Lord said to me recently. He was correct to me. I said something like this. I'm tired. Which is not a good statement. I'm tired. Yeah. Well, here's what I said. What I said was. At this present moment. I am tired. Right? Instantly, the Holy Spirit checked me and he said this. He said, when I was in that bush talking to Moses, he said, I am that I am. In other words, what he was saying is, I am present and I am ever present. And if you, and then the Holy Spirit said this to me, if you ever declare something as present that is outside of my will, you are speaking contrary to who I am. And I went, whoa, sorry, wow. But it really opened my eyes to something. God is ever present. Remember in, in Hebrews 11, it says, now faith is the substance. Not going to be. It says, now it is. So I'm not waiting to be healed by his stripes. I was healed. Now I have healing. When I see that, now faith goes to work and it starts to manifest what already is. Right? It manifests because he is ever present help in time of trouble. He's my ever present. He's ever present. Every promise in him is yes and amen. Yes and so be it. It's ever present. It's right now. I can't speak in the present like I've got a problem. I, in the present, I always have the great I am. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. So when I, when I think like this and I speak like this and I believe like this, all of a sudden I start to realize God is there at all times. I don't need to speak anything that's not triumph in the now. Same thing with healing. Same thing with your provision. Oh, Lord, I'm just so far in debt. I'm just so far behind. I'm so sleepy. He says, let the weak say, I am strong. He says, I believe, talking about I believed in the character and the nature of God. I believed and therefore I spoke. 
I'm speaking out the goodness of God, the promises of God. He is an ever present. He is present right there. He's always present. There's always a positive force of God's goodness waiting to overflow your life. He's just waiting for the, somebody to open up the door by faith and let it flood him. That's it. He's just, and you imagine a door. That is a room that's filled up with the living water of God. I mean to the brim. And all of a sudden somebody opens the door. You hold that in your hand by faith because that he is ever present, ready to pour out into your life. He's just waiting for you to grab a hold of the handle and by faith, turn it and let the flood of God go. Let it go. Make a mess. Will it make a mess? Yeah, it'll blow some people out. They'll be like, I can't believe you got me wet. You're like, but ain't the wet good? I mean, it's the overflowing life of God. Come here and give me a hug, you know? That's, I, that's, I love that. Summer blast, y'all kids, you wait on it. You, you get me wet, that's fine. You're getting soaked. That's all there is to it. Because I love it. You, we'll, just, we'll just take it all in. Let's just enjoy it while we're there. Amen. Why? Because God's goodness, it's an overflowing mess. It, 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 it's net breaking, yeah. ship sinking, yeah. overflowing abundance of God. Amen. It's who he is. He wants to overflow yeah. in your life. Yeah. Oh, it, that messes up religion. Yeah. Religion don't like that. We had an order here, brother. We were in order and you have done come in here. There are people everywhere and they're laid out and they're laughing. Oh, my gracious. In him is fullness of joy. What does joy look like? <laughs> like that. But see, religion likes to control stuff. Religion likes keeping it in their worldly corrupted boxes. God blows those boxes away. It's like, why why'd you have those boxes in the first place? Don't hold me back. Let me be. Let me be. Let me be present in your life. I promise you, it will be different than what you think it will look like. I can promise you, this is not how I imagined Pastor Brian to be. This is not what I had in my head early on. But it's what God had. And here's what I found. It's more successful now than ever. Why? Does it look like, you know, I love this. Uh, I wrote, I wrote this week, our anniversary was this week and I wrote on Facebook, Facebook, I had a picture of her from the connection recorded. I was like, I loves her. She crazy. Right. And, uh, you know, she was making a funny face. She crazy. She is. She's crazy for Jesus. Paul, Paul wrote this. He said, basically, I'm a paraphrase. If it looks like I'm mad, to you and to your eyes and in your mind, if it looks like I'm crazy, if it looks like I'm mad and out of my mind, he says, I am just crazy for Jesus. I'm paraphrasing. He says, I'm crazy for him. God needs some people that'll get crazy for him. And he needs people that'll believe like that for healing and for every promise of God. People that's willing to, to, you know, have people talk about him. I just decided I'm willing to let that be. Let it be. Yeah. I don't care. I just don't care anymore. Talk all you want to. Yeah. I don't care. I'd rather get up to heaven and have my father look on me with loving eyes of a good father and say, well done, good and faithful servant, than I would to receive pats on the back by strong men on this earth. Whoop-de-do, because in the, in the light of eternity, how much is that going to get me? A pat on the back by a strong man here on earth and 25 cents will still not buy me a cup of coffee. It doesn't, you know, it's not, it doesn't matter. That's not going to do anything. But what will do something is if you have the blessing of God in your life, the fire of God overflowing. 
a heart that's all in. All of a sudden, what you see in those moments is when you're willing to give yourself to God, somebody has need of something, all of a sudden life starts to flood. You start to realize there's hope again. You start to move into a new job. You start to get bills paid off. You start to walk in fullness of health. You start to realize I'm not in hell anymore. I'm not going to that place for eternity, but I am forever a child adopted by the creator of the universe and in his kingdom. That's who I am. But that comes from people who are willing to put their selves and their reputation on the line and be who God's called them to be. Lord, change me. Be in me who you want to be. Instead of getting hung up over, well, I believed this way for 50 years and I I was under good preachers and they all preached the word and they taught me that this was right. You don't know that. They might have taught you a bunch of demonic garbage. Matter of fact, that's what I have to fight the majority of times is demonic garbage preached from pulpits. That's what's holding people back. That's what's holding people back. Right now, one of the biggest demonic garbages that's going around in the church is this. Come in, come, you'll enjoy yourself here. Now, I'm not saying some, all these statements are wrong, but I'm going to paint a picture for you. You've found your home. You're at home here. We'll, be, we'll start by uh, 1030 and we'll be out by noon. In other words, let me appease your flesh. Let me make you comfortable in the flesh. Lord really challenged me on that. He said, in other words, you're going to say, come in here and and make yourself comfortable. And I'm going to teach you how to say yes to your flesh and no to the Holy Ghost. Instead of saying yes to the Holy Ghost and no to the flesh, which is what all of this says to do. Let us sell you on this place. Not let God tell you where to go like it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 18. God has placed the members in the body. We don't have a say-so in it. If we read that correctly, all, all we do, we're supposed to go after God and say, Lord, where's my place? Where have you planted me? And when we hear that, we're either obedient or disobedient. It has nothing to do with whether we like the place or not. Or the pastor. I hope you like me. But if you don't, but you're in your place, I'm okay with that. We'll find a way. (laughs) We'll find a way by his grace. But I'll promise you this, even if I, I'm not even going to look at anybody. Even if I don't like you, I like all y'all. But if I look out there, somebody will be like, he was looking at me when he said that. I like all y'all. But even if I don't, I'll still serve you. Pastor Rodney, Pastor Rodney, when he was here, there was some some somebody got offended by a spirit of religion inside of themselves, and uh, they got up and left. And he said, "This makes it makes me laugh every time." He goes, "Don't leave! I'll change." <laughs> He ain't changed it. Don't, oh my goodness, that, I fall out every time he says that. But you know what? We're not, <laughs> we're not trying to get everybody's flesh to be happy. We're actually trying to get people to put their flesh down. That's the whole point of this book is to become more like him. Get away from the nature of a corrupted flesh and get into the spirit of life. That means go to Hebrews chapter 12. I can see healing can be yours. Part 11 coming up. Uh-huh. 10B. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 11. There's still people being healed right now. Did you know that right now, as this word is being preached, the life of God is in it because it's being preached in faith? And it is releasing an impartation of the life of God. And the word says in Romans chapter 8 that the same spirit 
It, that raised Jesus from the dead, if it lives in you, it will quicken your mortal body. Well, the same spirit is in the word. This is why he can say in Psalms, I think it's 107.20, he sent his word and healed them. Right now, I'm sending the word. I'm sending the word. I'm sending the word. I remember when we were on the range in the Marines and uh, they'd be on target. They'd be ready, uh, especially with like uh, one of the big guns. Um, a rifle is not a gun, by the way. It's a rifle, just so you know. A gun is like the howitzer, like the 155s and 105s. Am I right, Gabe? Yes, sir. All right, because if you called your rifle a gun, you were in trouble. You did a lot of push-ups for that. I don't want y'all to do push-ups. Anyway, we were in the big guns. I was pulling the howitzer. That was all for me. Y'all might, that might have gone over everybody's head. That was military humor. I got it. Me and Gabe got it. And, and, and maybe the other guys. But definitely in the Marines, that's how it goes. That was my humor. Okay. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Did you, did you get blessed by seeing me blessed in that? Good. Amen. Good. That was just a moment. And uh, so anyway, they, they said, are you on target? Send it. Right? Send it. That means there's going to be something launched. And it will hit the target. Send it, right? Well, God from heaven said, are you on target with my love? Is, is the target the earth and is the love my power? Send it. And he sent his word and healed them. Yeah. Right now the word is being sent. Glory to God, man. The word is being sent right now. As I speak this word in faith. And see, it doesn't just have to be healing scriptures. It can just be talking about the love of God and the things of the Spirit. And all of a sudden, the Word is being sent. And right while you're sitting there, your body is recovering right now. Because He sent His Word and healed it. Is the Word on target? Yes. Amen. So then you see this, Hebrews 12, 11. This is a great verse. I love it as a pastor. I don't think everybody loves it as much as I do. All discipline... All discipline for the moment seems to not be joyful, but sorrowful. All discipline. Every bit of discipline. You know, in the Greek, that word all at the beginning, it's amazing what that thing means. It means all. It means all of it. That means every bit of discipline that you will ever encounter that is good godly discipline all of it, it seems sorrowful and not joyful for the moment. Now, you have to understand, it's talking about sorrowful, not to the spirit man, but to the flesh. Because the spirit man eats discipline up. Whoo, give me some more. Why? Because it's made in the image of God. It's like, yeah, we're growing. We're growing. Glory to God. We're growing up. Right? But the flesh man is what it seems sorrowful. So this is what you need to see in that. Every time God sends discipline, your flesh is going to do this. Mm. Oh, Jesus. I, oh, help me, Jesus. I don't like that. That's what's going to happen. Put that verse up there. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Every time. Every time. Every time I'm preaching a word of discipline, discipline, your flesh is going to be like, I don't like that. Every time your flesh is going to have that reaction every time. But it says to those who have been trained by discipline afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So the wise person will, will do this. I'm preaching a disciplined word. Their flesh. Oh, you recover. And they say, I know that was good for me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was thinking it. You said it. I'm not saying it through the mic. <laughs> the joy of the Lord. But we need to say, okay, if I'll give myself to that word of discipline, I'm coming over here so I don't get no laugh. If I will give myself to that discipline, afterwards, the peaceful fruit of righteousness, it will manifest. 
Afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So in other words, we need to become very good with sensing a word of discipline and correction and give ourselves to the word. Give ourselves to the word because then the fruit can start to produce in our lives. So the whole reason I got on this was I was talking about, you know, the lady that gave me a hard time because I said something about healing. Well, what happened? A word of discipline came across to her. No, what you've been taught and what you think is wrong. It doesn't line up with this word. And I kept asking her for scripture and she gave me none, but I kept giving her plenty. So which one's backed up? And I'm not talking about just one scripture. I'm talking about, well, what does it say here? What does it say here? She's like, you're confused in the subject. I'm like, I'm not confusing it at all. But you're not giving me any scripture. I'm giving you scripture. I'm not saying I've got it all figured out. I'm still learning. I'm still studying to show myself approved. But on this topic, it sounds like I've got more scripture than you do and the character and nature of God to back it up. It all matches. So now at this point, you can either give yourself to the discipline and receive peaceful fruit of righteousness or you can give in to the flesh who just wants to be offended. And you'll stay in the offense and stay sick and stay beat up. But here's the other thing. What does the word say? It says those that he loves, he he disciplines. So at what point, at what point is the feeling of a disciplined word going to stop? When you look like the fullness of Christ, that's the only point. That's the only time it's going to stop. In other words, we should understand that a preacher that's preaching right, he should constantly be bringing us to places that our flesh goes, oh, I don't know what I think about that. Glory to God. Now, when your heart gets to the place... When your heart gets to the place that it's all in, all of a sudden you can even hear a disciplined word, something you need to change, but you've got no pressure there because your heart's already made up to give itself to it. Many times if you're hearing a word and all of a sudden you're just like, and and then you have a preacher that's actually preaching the fullness of this gospel and the fullness of the good news, um, you should be at peace. Even if you've got to change something, you should be at peace. Oh yeah, I I gotta fix that. But you'll have peace. But those moments where you're like, I don't even know if I like that guy. Maybe, maybe it's not the guy. Maybe it's the word and all discipline going and touching your area of the flesh. Because that's what it says. If you put that verse back up there, it says all discipline for the moment seems to not be joyful, but sorrowful. So, uh, David, come here real quick. So just stand here and let's say, let's say that, that he's, he's whole, like he's really walking in the things of God, but this portion of his life, this arm, it's not. This, this portion of his life is still in the world and his flesh is not renewed yet. Well, God says he disciplines those that he loves. So he's going to take a look at your life and he's going to be like, okay, I like all this, this lined up, this all, yeah, fruit of the spirit and everything. Yeah, you, you got good, but then it's like, oh, that needs some work. That arm needs some work. It's, it's, out, of, it's out of sorts. That thing needs some work. It needs to be straightened out. And see, sometimes you think that I'll just go on a rabbit trail. But what's really happening is he's taking it and he says, I love you. And as long as I love you, my love is going to demand that I help you and point this out to you. Because it's going to cause you problems until you get it fixed in your life. So I'm going to give you the ability to fix that area because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word preached. So I'm going to be sitting in a message and you're going to think that the message is healing. But then the preacher's going to go off on a rabbit trail and he's going to start talking about this issue. And what God's doing is he's taking his finger and he's saying, oh, that looks good. But because I love you, I discipline you and that ain't right. And all of a sudden, 
right then at that moment, all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. And so you're like, I thought he was preaching on healing. Now he's talking about discipline. Just get back to the subject, preacher. That's what your flesh is saying. I know you don't say it here, but inside. It's the inside voices, right? Get back on topic. And God's like, I love you too much. Because you're sitting in here and I've got a preacher that knows how to hear from, from the Lord. All of a sudden, he can come in and by the Holy Ghost go... And put his finger right on the issue of your flesh. That's what happened with that lady while I was preaching. I wasn't even preaching on healing. I made one comment as far as I know. Maybe two. But it wasn't many. And then all of a sudden, like... The discipline of the Lord. Put it. He's trying to help her. But she's resisting it because she wants to be right in her own mind instead of humbling herself to this word. And God's trying to fix her. And so the person that rejects that and doesn't go to the full counsel of the word, they just can't get bent up even more. And then eventually, generally, what they're like, I was like, I don't like going there. He makes me feel bad every time. I don't feel good. Well, no kidding. All discipline for the moment. No kidding. And the word told us that was going to happen. That actually might mean you got a preacher who knows what he's doing. You see? I found that I had a whole bunch of preachers that were like that. I was like, man, I wish they'd shut up. Miss Kathy's mom, Miss Kathy's mom, we'll fix you in a minute. Um, Miss Kathy's mom, uh, she was, I don't know what, 70, 80, something like that in, the, in her old building. And that building was laid out wide like this way. And um, so it wasn't deep like this one is. And so in other words, the back of the room is about, you know, where y'all are sitting there, like four or five rows back. And uh, so she was sitting at the back of the room and, and she, you know, didn't hear well. She didn't know how loud she was speaking. I don't think she cared if, if she knew how loud I was, she was speaking. But one day I was preaching and the Lord had me going. I don't even think I've been going that long, which is what made it kind of funny. But uh, she leans over to somebody else and, and just as clear as day, I could hear it from the beginning. It made me laugh. She goes, when is he going to shut up? <laughs> I was like, all right. I laughed. Oh, my goodness. It was so funny. When is he going to shut up? Do you remember her? No. Yeah. She was a mess. I told that story at her home-going service. It was awesome. I was like, let me tell you what kind of lady this was. I was like, I loved it. Now, so God will see your stuff. I can't tell you. <laughs> I was like, they said, will you come do her funeral? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. This is my moment. I will absolutely do her home-going service. Yes, please. <laughs> it is. It was great. It was a great moment. So you're sitting in a service. All of a sudden, the preacher goes on a rabbit trail. Maybe it's not that much of a rabbit trail, but you start feeling the pressure of that discipline. And in your flesh, it's going to feel sorrowful and even not joyful. Then we give ourselves to it. You know, this, this is one of the things, <laughs> and Pastor Rodney does this really well. Uh, in Jeremiah chapter 1, and I think it's around verse 10, it says, uh, let's just turn there. We'll, we'll fix you in a moment. And um, you're being fixed. As I'm preaching, you're being fixed now. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 10. It says, See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up, break down, destroy, and overthrow, to build and to plant. Can you see the way of God in this? What happens if you plant on top of rotten foundations? You may have some fruit, but it will not last. This is the way of God. 
pluck up, break down, destroy, and overthrow. Talking about all the ungodliness. Uproot it. Anything that's built that's not of God. Pull it down. Break it down. Destroy it. Overthrow it. And then build and plant. There's a whole lot of churches today. All they want to do is build and plant. But they leave the other stuff there. You are setting yourself up for a mess. You got to go about it God's way. So Pastor Rodney just told a story this past week. He said, I got up there. They were in France. And uh, his pastor, pastor, one of his pastors, Pastor Eric Gagnon, Gagnon, and he sounds French. I believe there's some background there. Anyway, he got up there. They didn't like his name. And uh, he, would, uh, he would get up and do the offering. And the elders came to him after, after service. And he would go, they said, we like you, Pastor Rodney. We want you here. But we don't want that Pastor Eric to speak again. We don't like him. Don't let him speak, please, very much. And he'd go, oh, okay. And then he laid hands on all of them. The power of God hit all the elders and they fell out. But he never really agreed to anything. He just said, oh, okay. And, uh, and the power of God, and he left. He said every time uh, he got up there the next thing, he said, I knew what God wanted me to do. He said, I stepped up there and he said, well, today for our offering, he said, I feel that we should have Pastor Eric come on up here and do the offering. And he'd let Pastor Eric do it. He said it happened the whole week. Every time they were waiting for me, he said, he'd say, hey, fellas, how you doing? And, and he'd just lay hands on the power of God, hit them. They'd all fall out and he'd leave. And they were waiting on before him. He'd just pray. He said, I never did talk to him. But every service, he said, I felt led by the Lord, pull Pastor Pastor Eric up there. What did they need? What was happening? What Pastor Eric was speaking on, it was God putting his finger right on their flesh. And they were trying to yield to the flesh and get out of it instead of giving themselves to it and yielding the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So he was very good at this. I love watching him do it. That, that's part of the reason why he talked politics all the time. He talks politics because it uproots... That spirit. But then what he'll do, he'll talk it for a time. Generally, if somebody can't take it, they end up leaving like that night. That it was. What happened after that person left? The glory of God fell. There was a resistance in the force. <laughs> all of a sudden, you get rid of that, all of a sudden the glory falls. In other words, what you're doing is you're getting the body into the place to receive. And as long as you've got people that are not in unity, God can't command the blessing. So it's important for us to give ourselves to the discipline of the Lord. And if we'll do that, God will say, I love you. But because I love you, I have to discipline and show this thing to you right here. And at that moment when he puts his finger on you, your flesh recoils from that. Mm, man, I don't like that. I wish he wouldn't preach on that. But the whole reason he's preaching on that is so that we can get that thing fixed. And if you'll give yourself to that discipline, God will come in and he will straighten that thing out. And then all of a sudden you're a whole man. You're a whole person. A whole in the things of God. Now you're ready to receive the things of God. The glory of God. The stuff of God. This is why, you know, and people... I love it. Well, it's kind of funny, but it's like, I just wish you wouldn't talk on this. We're, we're, we're doing three weeks right now. You know, you just told me exactly where your, where your issue is. My job's to uproot it. You should have kept your mouth shut. My job is to uproot it, pull that thing down, overthrow it. It's like, I'm not trying to be hard here, but golly, you just made, it's like we went to the uh, movie last night and we were sitting there. Like, you want to know what the devil's up to? Just go watch the movies. He's showing, it's, it's right out in the open what the devil's up to. Just watch the previews. It just watch the previews. Well, praise God. I look forward to that stuff. It's like people don't even realize. Like, don't let that Pastor Eric preach. Oh, my goodness. Well, you just told me what I needed to do. You just told me where God's putting his... That wasn't even hard discernment. I didn't even have to use the gift. You just let me know. And it's my job. Because I know what I'm doing. I know that I'm supposed to root up, pluck up, pull down, destroy, and overthrow that thing. 
And then when we get to that place, if you'll just go with me through that process, we'll build and plant. And the fruit of God will spring up in your life. But it won't be just a temporary fruit. It'll be eternal. And so in healing, a lot of times people, ooh, you, you know, <laughs> why do you think Jesus preached on money so much? Oh, he got right in their money business. Why? It touched where the treasure of their heart was, and but their treasure was in the wrong thing. That's why he kept preaching on it. Because he also knew that he could get them to a different place, the ones that would give themselves to it. He had the words of life. If, he just, if you just let the life of that word do its, do its job, then in the end, it will yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Money's supposed to be one of the first levels of Christianity that we get a hold of. And right now, it's ripped the church in America up and down because nobody wants to talk about it. And a preacher that knows what they're doing according to the word of God... They'll start talking about us. why last year, it was like all year, we talked about abundance. But I wish he'd just preach on something else. I'm tired of hearing about money. Thank you. And then you get a preacher that's got enough anointing and guts to go into it. He'll just drive that thing completely out. And either you'll leave or that thing will leave you. Depending on what, how much uh, power you have. To stand, how much willpower you have to stay in that place and let discipline have its work. It's so true. It is. So, true. so anytime you're sitting there and all of a sudden you're in the middle of preaching, you get that, you know, sorrowful, not joyful feeling. First thing you want to do is check yourself. Oh, is this my area? Oh man, when I learned this, when I learned it, it got so much easier in my spiritual walk. Because I just, I said, oh, this is what the Lord's disciplining me for. Glory to God, I'll give myself to it. I'll give myself to it. Let me just pour it, preach it, brother. Amen. I mean, I, become the loudest ameniter on the issue that irritates your flesh the most. Break right through that thing. Let's join up. I'll help you. I'll grab your hand. We'll run around the building preaching about money and healing and everything else. Whatever it is, just jump in with both feet. Give yourself to the discipline of the Lord and watch it. (laughs) Oh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost where he wants to mess with people, though, because he does that, you know. That's the thing. Why? Because he likes that. He likes to see the peaceful fruit of righteousness in people's lives, which is why he likes to put his finger on those areas. Because a mature person that will discipline themselves to that word can get free. They can get free. Several years ago in the old building, some of y'all will remember this. Several years ago, the Lord said, I'd get to the end of a message, and it'd be like, like now or before. It'd be around, I don't know, hour and a half, worship and preaching and everything. I'd get done. I'd be done. And Holy Ghost say, keep preaching. I was like, I'm done. Well, the first day I did that, you know, I could tell people were uncomfortable. They start squirming, looking at the clock, you know, going to the bathroom, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, I was, he did it the second week and the third week. And, and y'all think you're uncomfortable. You're not the one up here <laughs> looking at all your faces. <laughs> and I was sitting there going, God, they don't want to go any further and I don't want to go any further. <laughs> he said, keep preaching. I'm like, okay. So I did it. Ooh, you want to talk about stirring up some mess? Well, I had more. Preacher, I love the church. But. Oh, there's a whole lot of talk like that. I didn't know what the Lord was doing exactly. But eventually I went to him. I said, Lord, what are you doing? He said, I'm preparing a people that will receive it. Yep. Yeah. He said, I'm preparing a people to receive and walk in the fullness of the things of God. He said, and the people that runs off because their flesh is uncomfortable, they're not going to be able to withstand and stay in the glory anyway. Let them go. 
I'm like, but I love someone. He said, I love them too. Okay. And then I started to realize what he was doing. He was putting all discipline. He was putting his finger on that issue. And they were moved more by the flesh than they were anything else. We went to go watch the Infinity War thing. How long was that movie? Like two and a half hours? Huh? I mean, people sitting there shaking like this because they got to go to the bathroom but won't get up to go watch the go to the bathroom because they don't want to miss what's happening in the thing. But you get in church in like 30 minutes like, oh my gosh. It's a matter of priorities. Which thing are you living by? Are you living by the flesh or are you living by the spirit? But see, if you, how can you carry the things of the flesh into the presence of God? And aren't we called to stay, move into, and stay and set up residence in the presence of God? So, in other words, if my job is to root up and pull down the things of the world and of the flesh, I can't let that stand. Or else I'm being disobedient as a pastor. And we as a people are being disobedient. So we give ourselves to those things. And we start giving ourselves to that discipline. So that the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Now all of a sudden you get testimonies like this. Where you've got people that aren't even pastors. Laying hands on people and they're getting healed. You've got people during the service. That just while I'm preaching they're being healed. You have, you have testimonies of just jobs coming just like that. You, you have testimonies of, of people just moving in the power of God. A few weeks ago, uh, Miss Sharon uh, had something and all of a sudden I prayed for her. She fell out. I said, I could tell that the power of God moved and touched her. She fell out. All of a sudden, uh, I, I asked her, I was like, just I felt led by the Holy Ghost. What happened? Tell me about it. She said, I've been praying for something for six months. It happened in that instant. Is that right? She, I don't remember what it was now, but anyway, she was like, I've been praying for that for months now. And in that instant, it happened. Now, see, you don't get that stuff and move into that place without preparing a place that can stay in the glory of God. But that means that you allow the finger and the discipline of God to do. You know, we've said this so many times. Many of you have heard it, and we especially say it when we have guests is that you've not come into your normal American church today. If you stepped in here today, you didn't come into a place that's act, operating like a normal American church. People that have been here for a while are like, mm-hmm, amen. That's right. In a good way. In a good way. I mean that in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> but what you've come into is a church that's decided that these things uh, and the things of God, they are worth going after. Yeah. And we are hungry for those things and we will put the flesh down. We will, give, we will give ourselves to discipline and we will receive the peaceful fruit of righteousness. We will walk in healing. We will walk in abundance. We will walk in winning souls for Christ. We will do these things. A house of love and prayer. Living in abundance. Winning souls and making disciples. And when we say abundance, we're not talking about just a little bit. We're talking about a full overflow where the power of God starts to do things that people have been after for months and years and one word, one touch and all of a sudden everything changes and God gives them a word and God gives them and they walk in the healing nature of God and they're carrying it and it's not just for the pastor my goodness, if I was the only one who ever saw anything when we prayed I'm a failure I want y'all praying for people I want the power of God flowing through you. I am not the only one supposed to carry it. There's a lot of churches set up to operate like that. They won't say that, but that's the way they end up uh, being set up. No, you are carrying it. It says that he gave these gifts unto men in Ephesians 4. Event, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. To the raising up of the body of Christ. Equipping of the saints for ministry. The ministry is not in my hands, it's in your hands. My job is to equip you and empower you and activate you. Listen, you have to understand that your job is not where you work. 
When you come into the kingdom of God, your job is an ambassador of Christ. You are in this world, but you are not of this world. And when you get that thinking straight, everything else starts to flow and function and work. Your job is not where you work. Your job is an ambassador of the things of God. This week, uh, Pastor Eric, who I was talking about, he said this. Let me see if I can find it real quick. And hear this, hear this, hear this, hear this. He said, prosperity is attached to your eternal purpose. Prosperity is not attached to what you need. When you understand that you are an eternal being created for eternal things... To produce eternal fruit in this physical world. That's what prosperity gets attached to. Because he says, I give prosperity to establish my covenant. He says, I give great wealth to establish my covenant. Do you need prosperity in your life? I'm not just talking about money, but money is included. Do you need prosperity and abundance in your life, in your health, in your finances and those things? Then attach yourself to the plans and purposes of God and you'll find that that's where abundance will be poured out. That's where a lot of people miss it in their offerings. It's where they miss it in their giving of their time and energy and resources. It's where they miss it even in their health because they're working for themselves and they're not giving themselves to the Lord. Your prosperity is attached to your eternal purpose, to the purpose that God has laid out for you. He says, I know the plans I have for you. And those plans were not to put you in a job necessarily his plans were to create and go after an eternal purpose and if you will make that he says it all over the word as Matthew 6:33 seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you prosperity is attached to an eternal purpose amen amen what's that got to do with healing healing is in the prosperity of god Healing is in the prosperity of God. Healing is in giving yourself to the discipline of the Lord. Healing is the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Healing is a manifestation of the workings of God in your life as we give ourselves to be worked on. Well, that didn't sound much like a healing message. It is. It is. Today, I just ask you, just bow your head. Right now, if you're just saying, Lord, I, I just, I feel the need to give myself to the touch of your discipline. And as I know, and I know that as I give myself to your discipline, you will produce an eternal fruit. You'll produce an eternal fruit. If that's you, I just want you to meditate on that. Lord, show me those areas where I need to discipline my life. Some of you, how many of you know everybody with your head bowed? If you already know some of those areas where God, where you need to discipline your life, we just show me your hand. Just between you and me and the Lord. That's awesome. Look at what the Lord's done. He's already pointed out to you some of those areas of discipline. What's he doing? He's already begun the moving to a fruit of eternity in your life. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for showing me those areas. What a blessing. How many would say, just you can raise your hand. How many would say... Uh, the discipline that he showed me is not even something you talked about today. But while you were talking, he showed me his wisdom. Will you raise your hand? That's awesome. Look, now, just look at that. Look around. Hold your hand up if you just answered that question. If he, if he showed you something I didn't even talk about, but he showed you while I was preaching. Glory to God. That's awesome. 
What's he wanting to do? He's wanting to get heaven more in your life because he loves you. That's glory. Father, I just praise you right now for showing us your wisdom. What a blessing. What a blessing. Lord, thank you for that. Now, right now, just bow your head and just, just, just pray this with me. Just say, Father, I give you myself today. I lay my life in that area of discipline or areas on the altar. In obedience to your leading, help me discipline those areas and give them to you. And Father, I believe that you are manifesting the peaceful fruit of righteousness right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now receive that peaceful fruit of righteousness. That fruit of righteousness is on the way right now into your life. It's on the way right now into your life. It's on the way right now into your life as you gave yourself to that discipline. Glory to God.